On this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals, Dave breaks down Jonathan Taylor, the Buffalo running game, and continues his love affair for DeAndre Swift. Stay tuned. Fantasy football podcast put on by your three P going for my fourth ring champion and a database bloodshot eyes from spending too much time on spreadsheets nerd to find some sort of consensus to share with you, the fantasy football listener. Who am I joined by? Wow, Todd. Amazing intro to this week. Pumped up. I need I needed that, Todd, because I needed to get there. Get my energy up for this pod. I'm excited, my friend. Just right before the podcast, we went over 50 patrons on the Patreon, which might not be a lot for some people, but I'm very excited about it because it's just a, you know, I, I just, uh, it's a lot of my stuff is free and anything that people want to pitch in is just like, is very appreciated. So it's a lot of fun that people are using the database. Even uh, Scott Fish himself checked it out this morning, which was pretty cool, Todd. But anyway... Enough about me. I'm ready to get into. I'm just ready to. I'm happy to be on Tale Two Rivals. I'm ready to talk wait, to you, my wait, friend. Wait, wait, wait. I used it last night, and you used it last night. Yes, you I, did. It was like I saw the spaceman icon come up, and I got like so starstruck. I'm like, oh my god, Dave's on the spreadsheet live as I'm using it. <laughs> that usually means you have to refresh the database because I'm I'm <laughs> updating things. So. Yeah, like, like, like columns just like disappeared. Like, like there's like tabs gone. And I was like, I immediately thought I did something. So <laughs> I was like, what did I just do to Dave's database? If I had known that was you in there, I would have then texted you like, Todd, did you just do something? <laughs> that would have, have been great. I think I, I think I just showed up as the anonymous platypus at the moment. <laughs> so, all right. All right. So this is our first episode of the week. As you guys know, we have a new format, three easier to digest episodes usually 20 to 30 minutes each so this is dave's three takeaways for the week so dave's first take is going to be going over jonathan taylor which uh, a few dynasty managers including myself have been a little fired up over the start david david thoughts on jonathan taylor let's just say starting off that indianapolis starting off at 0-3 to start the season and that they'd be scoring or they'd be ranked 25th in points scored at not a little over 19 points per game is a little bit of a surprise for Indianapolis Colts, who were, I think Vegas had them as a top five offense heading into the season. Kind of crazy to see where Indianapolis is overall. Now, that being said, they've had a pretty tough schedule to start things off, and that does not get any easier over the next two games, but then it really lightens up until maybe the pl- fancy playoffs. But it is a nice, juicy middle part of the season here for Jonathan Taylor. and But thinking, Todd, just overall, should we be really surprised that Indianapolis is doing this poorly? You look at the skill position players there, it's Naeem Hines and who else? Now, I will, I will say, I've been tough on Michael Pittman Jr., who the last two weeks has had over 12, or who has had exactly 12 targets per game last two weeks and over a 30% target share. 
So he might be blossoming in year going into year two. So I I, I won't poo poo him because he's actually looked impressive here. But it's led by Carson Wentz, who's been dealing with some injuries, uninspiring Todd overall. And also we have to remember Carson Wentz was out with that surgery in the preseason, so they didn't have that time to gel during the later part of camp. That being said, Todd, I'm going to stop. I notice I haven't bashed Taylor at all yet because I think a lot of this has to do with situation, the 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 angst that people have, and I think things are getting a lot better. I think Carson Wentz is going to get better. He's going to gel more with that team now. I do not envision the MVP caliber Wentz at any time here, but I do think think things will start to gel a bit more, uh, and not maybe not even the next two weeks, but eventually they will. And then when I get to Jonathan Taylor, Todd. I think the biggest thing, too, is besides how Indy has been playing poorly, the other issue is that we didn't see that jump. We haven't seen that jump into the elite echelon of fantasy RBs that we were hoping for Jonathan Taylor. I think a lot of us were thinking that he would be a top three or five back this season, and it hasn't happened yet. Now, that being said, Todd, his opportunity has been almost like, and usage has almost been exactly the same as it was down the stretch in weeks 11 through 16 last year, when he exploded, his opportunity share, his weight opportunities per game, his targets, his rush attempts are a little down, but overall, his opportunities are right there, and he's given the same amount of volume that he was down the stretch, where he was the RB6 down the stretch last season. I am not panicking. Now, I am disappointed that he hasn't taken the next step that I was hoping, and some of that is because I think Naheem Hines is a very good player, and this offense is not what it used to be in this Offensive line isn't doing great, and he hasn't done. He's been stuffed at the go in the inside the ten. I don't know how many times, but it's been ugly for Jonathan Taylor. I think all this stuff balances out. And do not whatever you do, do not trade him right now, people. If you do, if you are, if you have lost a little or lust for him, wait until he's smashing here in a couple of weeks, three, four weeks, and and you just think maybe that that top tier isn't a, isn't there anymore for him. But don't do anything now, Todd. I think he's still going to be a top 12 running back when everything's said and done. How about you, man? I think it's important to look at your team and wonder if you could trade for Taylor if you have an owner that is not listening today because that's the right thing to do is hold Taylor, right? I'm not super worried about him. Um, I still think it's early. He was my number two dynasty back going into the season. I'm not wavering on that yet. It's a very, very, very small sample size. And Dave pointed out a lot of good points, like the offseason without Wentz, the gel. Uh, the offensive line's been banged up. I mean, like, the, one of the best guards in football, Nelson, has just been, like, m- injured more than he's been healthy. You know, and then also, like, I kind of feel like the Colts' uh, offense is a little overhyped in the offseason. I mean, Wentz and the wide receivers were... You weren't 100% sure of, like, what they were going to be there. I mean, Michael Pittman's a good player, but by no means is he your number one option in an elite offense. But I do think the offense will gel more. I do think there's a little bit of a buy window on Taylor. It really depends on how emotional (laughs) that that, that owner is. And if they're in win-now mode, they might not want to late. People can be hasty. Yeah, I mean, I traded for CMC twice this week i was pretty excited about that (laughs) because i was like people are gonna be hasty dude you know it's a hamstring like it will heal if somebody's emotional about it it's check check in on the jonathan taylor owner see how they are and then take advantage of them i i'm i'm not worried dave i i loved all your points i'm sticking with jt 
I do want to stress a little bit, Todd, that you do make a good point about here that it is a little buy window. I would go and shake the tree a little bit, see what's there. I would, if it can take me Antonio Gibson and a little bit more, or I'm trying to think of other running backs that are in that range. Uh, you know, a Najee Harris plus, you know, Najee Harris, and I mean, you might be able to get Najee Harris almost even after his last week and how much opportunity he's getting in Pittsburgh. Those are kind of things that I would be looking to do here because I think. You're right. It is a Jonathan Taylor buy window. Now, I don't want to buy him at the RB2 overall in dynasty prices, though, at the moment. Definitely not. Najee Harris, 19 targets, Dave. Good Lord. Oh, I was hoping we wouldn't, we'd go through the whole podcast with, or the whole week without saying that because I'm sure I've heard that on every podcast so far this week. But thanks, Todd. I just said that. I didn't say anything <laughs> more than that. I know, but I heard 19 targets 10,000 times. I'm messing. I'm just, I, you know, I'm feisty, Todd. I'm excited to be talking to you. I had to give a couple jabs there. All right. I'm ready to move on to the Buffalo running game. How about you? Uh, 19 targets. Yeah, let's go on to the Buffalo running game, man. (laughs) So this was more of a, I wish I had kind of been a little bit earlier to the punch here on this one before week three here, but there's only so much you can talk about here. But I wanted to go over the Buffalo running game because I've been hearing a lot of positive buzz around the Buffalo running game and that there's people, you know, Josh Allen had struggled a little bit through first two weeks and it felt like the running game was a bit more prevalent through those first two weeks. And I think a lot of it has to do with that Devin Singletary was the it was the RB18 through the first two weeks. He, you know, he averaged eight, 16 opportunities through the first two uh, two games, 13.3 weighted opportunities, which is an, a slight uptick from his 2020 usage and has even a, a slight improvement on his rookie season, which was a lot better than as far as the usage standpoint than, than last season. So a little bit more opportunity for Devin Singletary. So I understand why people are starting to get excited about that. He had a couple of break. He's had a couple of big runs so far this season. One for a touchdown that people are starting to think that, hey, Josh Allen, they've got some Emmanuel Sanders starting to blossom here. Gabe Davis is starting to 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 take the next step, step here. So I understand why they're like, oh, man, I really like how things are going. But then in week three, Todd, we saw what happened when everything was firing all cylinders for Buffalo. And it was a positive game script. Zach Moss actually led in an opportunity share, which was the first time for that this season. And I think also, too, there was a little bit of an injury thing with him, Todd, that he, they wanted to give. He was scratched week one, work him back into it week two. And then in a positive game script, it was a Zach Moss show. It wasn't even a show, but he just got a little bit more work. And the positivity that was surrounding this backfield, I, I hate to, you know, if we're going to look behind, like on the other side of the card here, I think it's just the same as it was last season with maybe a little bit more opportunities to sprinkled in, but nothing substantial where I'm changing my opinion on any like Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. I think you're going to get and need an injury for either one of these players return that mid to high end RB2 value. I would personally go get Devin Singletary now, or I would have been in on Devin Singletary. I think it's tough to do now after he's flashed in in spots here. So I think it's now you're just in a hold situation here, or maybe you can try to get them going. Oh, Josh Allen scored. You try to, to, to shop him because, oh, Josh Allen was looked like Josh Allen, the offense is rolling, uh, weak division, those kind of things, and and try to pump it up that way. But I, overall, Todd, I just I want to put a little bit of kibosh on the excitement around this backfield because you're not going to know from week to week who is going to be, unless you want to try to guess the game script, which is easier said than done sometimes here, Todd. Or maybe you're just trying to get uh, lucky in a, G, in a in DFS or something along those lines. But overall, Todd, I think it's just more of the same in, in this in this backfield, despite some of the optimism that was surrounding it uh, 
as of late. Any thoughts? I'm out in this backfield. I actually really like Moss as a player, but compared to his usage and his situation, he's pretty overpriced. He was an eye test guy for me, really productive out of college. Dave, you remember how much I liked him. And, you know, Singletary's achieving his, like, mediocre ceiling. Yay! This offense is going to chuck it. So Moss is more my guy for the goal line work as he's kind of like the Gus Edwards of this situation. But whatever, I'm not looking to acquire either of these guys. If I had Singletary on a team right now, he would be like a guy I'm looking to move as a kicker. I'm looking to pretty much get the whole deal together and then it gets right to the close part. And it could also be the guy that when you're in negotiations, like, what if I threw into Devin Singletary? That may be the guy just to be able to push you over the edge just a little bit to get the deal done because of the way this break is, uh, the way he's playing right now. Other than that, like, I'm not looking to acquire him, and I don't see why other people would be. But as a kicker, he could be a pretty nice kicker in a deal. I will say, Todd, if I was going to be go, go out and like how my process would be, I have my rankings of players I like to acquire. So it would be he, so Devin Singletary would be well, well down that list. Like I'd go through the Tony Pollards, the Chase Edmonds, all of those other RB2s that I'm more excited about. And then there's probably a few others sprinkled in there that I'd be even more excited about. And then it gets to Devin Singletary where I'm, I'm literally trying to go out and trade for him because I want a piece of this Buffalo offense. And I'm honestly, you're looking for an injury that. And I don't usually like to bet on that. And that's why both of these players are lower on my on my target list because you have to really depend on an injury for either one of them to really take off and, and to feel confident of starting them week to week other than a, kind of a hope flex play. Buffalo, running game. We're not high on it. David, it's time for your man crush. DeAndre Swift, buddy. How we feeling about Swifty? I'm feeling great about DeAndre Swift right now, Todd. I. I I couldn't remember if we talked about him in the first swing of episodes here. And if not, if I can't remember, then I'm going to just just reiterate how he's the RB, and I'm sure everyone knows this by now, but he's the RB3 in PPR formats. He is average, Todd, 18.3 weight opportunities. Now that weights targets more than rushes, but 18.3 weight opportunities behind 11 rush attempts and seven targets per game through the first three games. Now he's only seen 55% of the opportunity share. But despite that, he is getting more valuable touches than he was at any single point last season. In his best game where he had the most opportunity last year, he had something like 17 opportunities per weighted opportunities. But he's averaging 18.3, which is just, that just gets the juices flowing, Todd. That especially after all the talk last year, you're like, oh, the regime, you know, uh, the coach who brought him in is leaving and all the all the drama that has been surrounded DeAndre Swift and the offense and Jared Goff coming to town, Matthew Stafford leaving. It's there's been, it's been a shaky off season, Todd. And I'm not going to rehash everything here, but it's been shaky to say the least. It's been tough to maintain a lot of excitement for him because there's a lot of logical reasons to, to think he's not going to succeed, except what we're seeing here, Todd, is that he is being used exactly like Alvin Kamara was being is, was being used the last three years in New Orleans. If you look at rush attempts, if you look at weighted opportunities, if you look at targets per game, if you look at everything that goes in that makes up how Alvin Kamara was being used, DeAndre Swift is being is almost a mirror image. It's scary how similar their usage is, and it's seeing it's being paid off here. It's being shown off in the the prices in the pudding here, Todd in RB three 
Now, that being said, I'm going to tap the brakes a little bit here because Jamal Williams is going to be a thing this season. I think he's going to be a flex play. He's averaging 12.8 weight opportunities a game himself, which I think is caps Swift's ceiling to a certain extent, but not in a bad way because I don't, maybe Swift, maybe I was a little bit wrong that I don't, we don't want Swift getting the 23 touches a game or whatever have you taught or, you know, carrying the ball 16, 17, 18 times a game. And he's being, this is a better way to use him. But, uh, and I, and as a reminder too, they, they it still is Detroit Lions that, uh, you're going to see an occasional 10 point PPR game week like we saw in week two, where, cause Jared Goff is still the quarterback. And when, you know, if it's a bad game script and Jamal Williams is getting some usage, you're just going to see a, an occasional dip here. But I think he's a locked in top eight RB rest of season. And I can make an argument, Todd, for him against any running back that I could, uh, in anyone's top 12, top 24, however you want to rank it, I can make an argument that DeAndre Swift is the RB1 overall in Dynasty. That's I, I'm not sure if I'm there yet, but he's in my top three. And I think if you look at who, you know, CMC has been, it's now the third season in a row with injuries. Uh, Saquon Barkley is is uh, with New York Giants and they're not targeting very much. And But I still liked Saquon and the positivity around him. Jonathan Taylor, we just got done talking about him. Dalvin Cook is injured. There's name after name, Todd. I can make an argument why DeAndre Swift should be valued over them. Man, I'm just really happy to see the how DeAndre Swift is a perfect example, Todd, of the importance of having a receiving floor and just his dynamic, his dynamism being used. I'm I'm thrilled, Todd, to see how DeAndre Swift has been doing. Me too. And so is my six shares of DeAndre Swift. So I'm not too mad about it, baby. I'm not going to get there with the RB1 argument, but top five, I could see myself getting there. I haven't really done my rankings midseason in my head. Now you've made me think that I should be. <laughs> um, but my point is, is that like, it's clear that the upside is there, man. I mean, the, the Lions should improve. They should get a better quarterback. He should eventually get more carries. Like Jamal Williams is a temporary player in this situation. And like you said, maybe that's not even what best suits him. But there's so many opportunities for him to be able to get more opportunity while he's just been uber efficient in that role as the receiving back. And you must be loving our trade from last year now, huh? Uh, Todd, I'll tell you, it, it was it was rough at times. It really was rough at times where I think, I, I'm like, oh, man, I, t- Todd is reaping the benefits of Dalvin Cook. And I'm sitting here with OBJ on IR and Dalvin and DeAndre Swift is, was injured and, and all the offseason stuff. But yeah, Todd, I'm 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 happy that I stayed stayed course here and just how and seeing him his usage. Yeah, man, I, 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 it's it's tough to be against the grain, Todd. I, you know, it wears on you. It does, and to make contrarian plays. But I'm, <laughs> I was happy this one played off. Yeah, and I and I the funny thing too is that I I've been saying and I'll just admit it on air that I was like, yeah, I rolled Delvin Cluck to a championship in that trade. It was great, actually. Like DeAndre Swift outscored him. 16 but we don't talk about that uh so but whatever man so um but yeah no um great great takes dave love them all uh very running back heavy so this is a great episode to be getting um from spreadsheet himself some running back takes dave tell them where they can find you can find me at ff underscore spaceman spiff good point about the running back thing todd i was very wide receiver heavy last week and i just must have shifted over to running backs this week but yeah, check me out on the Patreon at FF underscore Spaceman. Check me over at DLF. Article coming in the next one or two weeks. Excited about that. And as always, Todd, catch me here on Tale Two Rivals. 
All right, you can find my rankings in scouting over at the IDP, guys. I am behind the ball, and that's what parenting is about. But I will be putting out the, the stock market article soon. And then on top of that, you can always find me over at A Tale of Two Rivals and bantering over at the Twittersphere. Until next time.